We want to welcome everyone back to BNB Presents the Black Media Podcast. And we got another good episode for you all tonight. Another great movie coming off the independent platform of Tubi. But before we get into all that, my name is Ben, and who do I have with me? Hey, y'all. What up, though? It's your girl, Betty, 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 y'all. Hey, Betty. Hey. Now, we got to get into this one. I've been waiting for it for a long time. It finally dropped on Tubi. We actually watched The Lawnmower Man. And this film is starring Thomas L. Harris, Elizabeth Fox, Christopher Collins, Sino Harris, and Sierra Angelia. And it was directed by Murda Payne. And Betty, what was your overall thoughts of the film? Um, I liked it. You know, they always got some dang on twist when you think you got it figured out. Mm-hmm. So, um, I liked it overall, you know. I feel like um, people were giving mixed reviews on it. My favorite part of the movie was the twist. I had a couple questions about what was going on Mm -hmm. in the film, but overall, I think it was pretty good. We got to see uh, everybody, Elizabeth Fox, Elizabeth Fox as a lead in the movie, which was great. Um, And uh, is it Chris Collins? What was the other guy? The Lamar Man. Yeah, that was Chris. I was going to ask you about Christopher Collins. Yeah, is that, that your good. friend's husband, or I'm thinking I know Sino is, but I'm thinking about no, 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 he Cause, isn't. Okay, because who's that? We Jonathan watched that. Crawford is my um, best friend's okay. uh, husband. Yeah, I would say when it came to Lawnmower Man, great film, told a great story in an hour, nineteen minutes, didn't leave nothing out. They closed out the story; nothing was left to the you know love to have. Like, what happened with this? Only thing I don't know what medication he was on that was causing the dysfunction. I didn't know if he had like cancer. That's why he was on medication. But that was only kind of thing left out. Really wasn't that important. But this was one of them Timberland beat plot twists for your ass because I definitely did not see this coming. But great job by the guys over at uh, this out of Moolah Films, correct? That produced this. They did an excellent job telling a great story. Uh, I want to say it's Thomas Harris actually does writing and directing for some of their other projects, uh, specifically McGraw Avenue. So it was good to see him as a lead character, Elizabeth Fox. Uh, I think she may have... Uh, Wait a minute, she... Tom, that's the guy, that's the the lead, Thomas? Yeah. That was the lead? Okay. Yeah, I do see him doing a lot of writing and stuff mm-hmm. um, on the Director. show. I, I didn't realize that that's who it was. And Elizabeth, I don't know, I can't remember, I thought Elizabeth Fox maybe uh, co-star, co-headline, co-star in another film, but she always takes over screen and low, and she put that oil on in this film. I said, Lord Jesus, I'm so glad. Uh, bless my screen. That's so funny. She was oiled up pretty good. She was oiled up pretty good. I think that she, I don't know, I know that she probably co Starred, but I feel like this is the first time I've seen her as a leading lady in a movie. That's mm-hmm. just my thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not correct, but you know, we watch a lot of movies, so we do. <laughs> what did you think about this particular storyline? 
Um, what I will say is a lot of people were in the mood in the uh comments like it's the same storyline, it's the sameness. And when I was watching it, I'm like, it's not, but as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, damn, like why she get uh why she get him wrapped what chase? Why she get him wrapped up yeah. in this, you know, in this BS because a lot of people do that, like they have affairs, they cheat, they get the other people involved, and then it kinda like you know that you're going to not leave your husband, so to speak. So you're going to keep like egging them on and then kind of like tossing them to the side. So that's all I kept thinking as I was watching it. Like, I think he felt, I feel like he had every right to be like spazzing out on you, especially like when you be trying to sell people dreams and stuff like that. You can't play with mm-hmm. people's feelings and emotions. One of the big questions was how they was just like stark booty naked in the middle of the field in the daytime. <laughs> in Detroit. In Detroit. It's like dogs same... in the background. It's people riding a bike in the back, <laughs> in, in the, the street in the back. I like. There's a factory behind this? them. Oh my god, what the heck is going on? So <laughs> that was like, wow. But you know, hey, we gotta do what we gotta do. It had a Jason lyric type vibe too when they was out there butt booty naked. Well, well, yeah, but bucking naked in the backyard. Maybe that's what they were trying to give us. <laughs> I wasn't really, I wasn't really going for it though. <laughs> Yeah, I I would say when it comes to the film, this was, they did pretty good, and I can see the evolution of their acting. If you go back to watch some of the films from, let's say, 2014, 2015, the uh, is not the is not the same cast. I mean, it's the same cast, but this is definitely more experienced cast. I do like that Murder Pain actually directed this. He got some great angles. And I think a lot of people thought he was just a rapper. Then he came out with being an actor. Then he came out with being a writer. So he's definitely showing he's that he's not a one. Thing. Yeah, he's not been a one trick pony. Versatile. And one thing that I can say about Murder Payne is that he's real um, hands on with everything. Like you know, he's real involved with it, and he's very um, thorough yeah. with the stories being told. So one of the things that people were like. Why do they keep coming out the back of the house? I'm like, well, first of all, it's Detroit. Some people use their side door. Some people use their back door. It's just what it is. You're not right. about to be tracking dirt and shit all up and through their front, front room. That just ain't about to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I said, it's a reason why. It's a reason. It's, it has to be some kind of significance to them coming back and forth out the back of that house. Like, they got to be, right? And then we found out what the significance is. Right. I I think when we have those conversations about great production coming out of Detroit, uh, you know, Dennis' name gets gets brought up a lot, but I don't think people give Murder Payne the credit that he deserves for the work that he puts in. One thing I did hear recently was an interview, uh, well, parts of an interview with Brandon. Is this Brandon Jackson? Brandon T. Jackson out of Detroit, and he kind of alluded that he may have had something to do. With D2R Productions, I didn't. He really didn't go into details. When people are, you know, talking about Tubi, a lot of those, be honest with you, a lot of those badass movies that get a lot of plays because they're horrible, don't necessarily come out of Detroit <laughs> for the most part. Detroit, Man, Detroit had the best ones, and they'd be really trying to play us. I think we get lumped in with the other ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think Sloppy Seconds was a Detroit film, right? It was. That's it was. the Lisa Brown yeah. 
but I just think you can somebody... tell some of the stuff this this not Detroit. But what I do, what I what we are starting to see from Detroit, the best productions are coming out of Detroit. Quality the best wise, productions are coming out of wise, Detroit. Yep. And then what we're seeing, yeah, what we're seeing them do, they are filming outside of Detroit, but still giving it the the Detroit um, foundation. So I, I've been looking at like some of the like a uh, couple of movies we've been watching. I'm like, that's not in Detroit. They may go on location somewhere else. Sometimes they fly to Atlanta. They do some filming in mm-hmm. Atlanta. They're doing some filming in uh, Chicago. They're doing some filming in um, Ohio in some places. So I do see that they are leaving the city to do some filming, but they're still keeping like their core base as a Detroit film. Um, and the other states have not caught up yet. They cannot compare. We've been seeing a lot of films out of Houston. Terrible production. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing a lot of films out of... I just saw one out Ohio? of Louisiana. Yeah, Ohio. I just saw one out of uh, like Baton Rouge or something. Oh, my God. I was like, ooh, they got to catch up. But, you know, Detroit is definitely dominating in that space. Well, um, I think this is a good thing for Murder 2 to get branch off from the, air quotes, street. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I think they have him kind of like as a street, only McGraw Ave, you know, that type right. of plug love, you know, just that. And I think this was a good look for him to tell a different story. When it comes to the evolution, a lot of these people from Detroit didn't just wake up one day with an iPhone and shoot, shoot some shit. They have a background, whether it be in theater, acting, writing. And these are the people that are at the helm that are bringing other people along. Because I want to say, is it uh, Dennis Reed that does like an acting school that people can enlist in and, and kind of get classes? So he's... This Lisa Brown big... has acting classes too, I think. She has okay. like a... If you go on her um, website, she has like, yeah, Plush okay. Productions. She has like acting classes and different packages that you can purchase. Uh, for development and stuff on her pay on her website also. So we so already they're elevating the game just by offering that. So it's not like a bunch of people getting handed a script on a Tuesday, and it's like, I I got the iPhone out. They're taking their craft very seriously and they reinvesting back in themselves. One thing I do not like, and I'm glad you kind of corrected me in in saying it by saying these are independent independent film distributed through Tubi, but I don't like the negative connotation that like three movies get and the whole platforms get painted negative. Like we know that Claudia Jordan film was a little, <laughs> was a little, eh, when she was shooting there, but it was kind of, yeah. But for the most part, it's some, it's some great quality coming out of Detroit and those we'll Detroit based companies. <clears throat> we'll see a, a, a real or something like Tubi get on my nerves or something like that. And it's like, wait a minute, this is not Tubi. This is people Independent right. people producing their own film with their own tens of thousands of dollars and uploading it to Tubi's platform. It ain't Tubi fought, and it ain't Detroit fought, and it ain't you right. know everybody else's fault. And everything on Tubi is not a bad production. We have very large blockbuster hits. They just uh, had uh, Color Purple on Tubi. I've been watching. Right. Um, it left Tubi like a couple months ago, but the original. Right. But I've been watching some of my favorite TV shows on Tubi. Some, you know, some things. I've been watching 1963 uh, sitcoms <laughs> on Tubi. So, you know, there are a lot of different things on Tubi. So, um, and I get, I think we're going to kind of talk about that too. Yeah, um, we can. A little yeah. bit later. Yeah, we could definitely uh, parlay into that after we kind of wrap up with the lawn more. Man, far as 
sequel? Do you foresee a sequel happening to this, or I don't feel like we need done? one. I, I feel like we're done with this. I feel like I feel like they wrapped it up. I feel yeah. like it. They tied up all the loose ends on it. I was definitely not expecting that ending, mm-hmm. um, and I really felt like, well, damn. You know, people were saying the wife wasn't shit. Um, you know, she wasn't really. You know, um, because here's the thing. When you're in a relationship, marriage, or whatever, people get older, people go through things, people get sick, um, people are not in the best health, whatever the case is, and you really have to learn how to navigate those spaces in relationships. You can't just be um, so quick to be selfish about what you need, and sometimes you have to really, one of the things that I noticed in the movie is that she was like faking a lot with her husband. Mm-hmm. And not like necessarily telling him that this was bad or whatever, and you probably should tell him it's bad. That way he can get better. Be better sure, right. You know That's what I'm saying? Point. Because in all actuality, your husband ain't really going nowhere, and this is gonna, you know, be kind of a forever thing. So you got to learn how to get what you need out of the situation, as opposed to becoming frustrated. And I feel like a lot of people do that. You Just know, go along um, and get along. Yeah, and and it doesn't end well. So I, you know, I feel like it was some good things that we can take out of that story. I like to see Cino playing a, a side support role, not too, not doing too much, just kind of chilling in the cut, but having a uh, significant part in the story. In the, end of, in the story, you know, so I, I feel like that was good. Cino has a way on screen of being in the scene, but not being overbearing. Like when Murder Pain in those, let's say McGraw Avenue type production, when Murder Pain shows up on the scene, he brings the energy, but Ceno brings the presence of the character. If that makes sense, like Murder Pain gonna show up with the rah rah rah, whereas Ceno, like when he step on the scene, people are like, no, okay, you got it. Just real man. subtle. He just yeah, real, real subtle. Real subtle. Like you know, you know he's there. You know who he is. But he ain't doing too much, I think. And yeah. he just always give overall, whatever his character is, he's always giving an overall um, coolness. Like, I've never seen right. him play a character that's, like, overly... And I, I want to just maybe... I probably can go out on the limb and say that possibly he's playing almost the same character a lot of times, you know, in a different capacity in a lot of the films that he's playing in. Like, he's, mm-hmm. you know... Just a cool ass dude to get this get money or whatever. Like I feel like that's typically a role that he plays. Not so much in a lawnmower man. I thought it was odd that they named the film the lawnmower man and they continuously call him the lawnmower man <laughs> because I've never heard um, anybody be a reference in that term. Like the guy who cuts your grass. Like I've never heard anybody say he's the lawnmower man. It may be your landscaper. He may be my grass guy. Maybe my yard guy, he may be my lawn guy, but I've never heard anybody being called a lawnmower man. And I'm from <laughs> Detroit, so I, I just thought that that was an interesting um, name. That was just me. I, I thought it was a southern thing. You know how people from the south just name shit out of. It's possible. I'm not from the uh, south, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's what I thought. I was thinking that too. Like, I never heard it called lawnmower. Like, damn, what do we? Do we? I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what do we call like landscaper, garden, gardener? Yeah. I yeah. was talking to my the guy about it. Grass. <laughs> yeah, my guy friend about it. And I was like, and I was telling him about the movie. He was like, well, what is, what is, like, why do they call him that? And I'm like, listen, That's I don't like, know. 
So yeah, I feel like that was interesting. But this sound like something my grandma would say. Like, when the lawnmower man gonna come back through here? Like, that don't seem like something we would say, but it was still a good movie. Yeah, I want to take a brief break, then we're going to hit this rabbit hole and we're going to discuss some what I like to refer to as maybe some to be haters and not understanding. So sit tight, we'll be right back. And we are back. And Hotepness has <laughs> stepped this way into Tubi's business. Uh, recently, there was a, a monologue, if you will, by Roland Martin and his outtake on Fox. And how Fox used black content to build his platform, which gave it the the viewership and the leverage and the dollars to go get the Super Bowl, which in turn allowed him to do Fox News, which in turn allowed him to prop up a candidate that they that they see fit that uh, votes against our interests. And he was just making that same comparison on Tubi, where black people are building up this platform and is going to be the same thing that the people who own the platform may not be operating our best interest. I would say this to that Tubi is a platform and we can, I can only speak about the Detroit movies. Some of these Detroit movies have been on Vimeo. Is it, am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Yeah. Vimeo. Some, of, mm-hmm. some has been, have been on uh, prime, like, you know, pay per view on prime. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a platform that these people are not locked into. I don't think, the the lawnmower man or McGraw or anything Dennis has done is necessarily locked into this platform forever for a perpetuitous position. I just think just like with other shows that come on to Tubi, it may be here because there's a list that say, hey, this is leaving in the next two weeks. So which gives it the freedom to travel where where and they where can be on multiple places at yeah. one time. Um yeah, I see what you're saying with that. So I don't think in in and these movies that quote unquote Roland was referring to as black films are a smart por- portion of the platform. It's the portion that we as black people gravitate to. But as you said, it's old TV shows on here, it's blockbuster hits on that. They got a whole section that said what you're not gonna find on Netflix. <laughs> so I just think that they got a whole live TV <laughs> section, you know what I'm saying? Like right. you can watch news. Bounce TV on you can watch a lot of different things. Uh yeah. news, Fox, um, Fox News. I think um I don't know. I feel like with those other places, uh, Prime and um, uh, Vimeo, I think that Tubi has created an avenue for creators to mm-hmm. make money. I don't think that they were necessarily given the bandwidth to make or to do what it is that they wanted to do on those other networks on Prime or whatever. And I think that somebody made the argument when uh, Roland Martin was going on his thing. He's like, well, you know, they're like, well, TV One is a network for black people and we don't have very much content on TV One. There's nothing really much to watch on there. (laughs) And it's free. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing uploaded. There's There's no catalog. We don't have, like, BET doesn't have, like, this plethora of things for black people to watch this is a an avenue where black creators are have been able to go on to monetize and create um lives for you know creatives question where or how would we be able to see more black people getting on tv in the mainstream media. Right. That's a good point. 
I get what he's saying, and I get that he's black people are not the only people watching Tubi. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. But I feel like we are the ones that are binging to that one section. It's almost like um, back in the day when you go to Blockbuster Video and it's like the for D straight to DVD movie section that was like a dollar ninety nine or like ninety nine cent movies. It's like if everybody black just ran to every blockbuster and went to that section only. Um, but we know that black people are the minority, of course. Um, so I just feel like I see what you what you try to do, but at the same time, um, give us an alternative. Like I like when people like start giving us a lot of things that black people should not be doing or where we're being programmed to do something else. Mm -hmm. But uh, what do you propose that we do? And I did not hear that in Roland Martin's argument. Did you hear that? Uh, no, but you did bring up a good point. If let's go back to BET, TV one and all those office. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was BET her. There used to be a time where you can at least catch gospel plays on those shows. So at least those, particular place had a platform but let's keep it a hundred like, but not like they don't live there i'm sorry right. they, they don't live there they they just may be there for a brief time they never but they got an opportunity there. to showcase yeah. on there so why is the question should be to roland should be asking is why is bt tv1 whatever black media not giving dennis murder chris nolan out of chicago the opportunities that tubi is provided Roland was, I can't say, I'm going to say he's a little out of line, but nigga, don't nobody own shit 100%. Everything is damn near subsidiary of somebody else. So even if you TV1, BET, you still falling up under a Viacom platform. Guess who own Viacom? Not our black asses. Even if you say YouTube, which Issa Rae came from, which Tough Love series came out of, which actually got a deal on TV1, that ain't our shit either. So there is no quote unquote majority black owned platform that's producing black owned content, except fan base, maybe, which is a social media website uh that's kind of Instagram style. It's still haven't it's still haven't gotten up to the, it's, 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 <laughs> it's gonna take some time to right. get, you know, where people are like navigating from the space that we're accustomed to to be in that space now. Right. Um but, but for I him do to say think... the, the Fox Soul Builder, like nigga, don't nobody own <laughs> like like they would kick Tyler Perry ass off BT and have a new nigga up there because he I mean I ain't gonna say Tyler don't have any say, but it ain't his shit for the most part. It's still Viacom yeah. conversation, just like Roland nigga, you operating on on, on uh what's that YouTube, right? Yeah, hey, I don't know. I, I, I know he was on TV when I don't know what he what he has going on now, some podcasts or whatever. But I think that even like BET Plus, hmm. they have a whole section dedicated to you know Tyler Perry, all of his plays, all of his right. most of his shows. Some of his shows are not on there, but most of his shows, you know those things, and a lot of that stuff is licensing rights and you know right. things like that. Like you mentioned, things are not owned by us. We know with um, what we recently saw, Elisa Brown has been taking her stuff off of um, Tubi, and she has some stuff on Peacock now. I think like the Dirty D season one oh, nice. is on Peacock. Um, she announced that some months ago. Um, I think she has some other stuff that she was like trying to get onto Peacock okay. and other networks. So 
um, I think that is a great thing because you still own your content. You're not locked in. You're not committed. It's not owned by these networks, and you can shop your um, stuff around to other networks if you need to. So that's a, a great thing. Well, uh, just to go on my own personal rant, that was my first part about Roland Martin just being totally out of pocket and kind of look misinformed about that. Second thing, we have to stop, and I'm not talking about us, but I'm just talking about quote-unquote Black Hollywood has to stop looking at the platform of independent film Tubi as not quote-unquote real acting, real, real Holly, you know, real entertainment or whatever they feel. Because every time a Black person gets on a platform, they bring up a Tubi or they bring up a Country Wayne or they bring up a Desi Banks, it comes to like, well, that's not real. You know, that's, you know, that's not Hollywood. And when as you hear Taraji P. Henson crying for the last six weeks about <laughs> fair pay, like who the fuck want to be over there at this point? <laughs> well, you hear about Diddy and the shit he having people jumping through hoops to be a Hollywood. Who the fuck want to be over there? <laughs> you know? I feel like it, it's one of them things where everybody has their own measurement of success. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a good one. Um, is your measurement of success being able to provide for your family, buying luxury cars, you know, have a nice home, um, you know, getting some notoriety from your people in your community or neighborhood, being able to open doors for other people. That's some people's measurement of success. success. Um, some people's measurement of success is uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame star, mm-hmm. um, you know, an Emmy, a, a, a Grammy, whatever. That's other people. So we really can't measure. We don't really know what anybody's measure of success is. Only mm-hmm. they can tell you that. So for you to say that Country Wayne, whatever he's doing is not real. Desi Banks, whatever he's doing is right. not real. These people that, you know, came through on uh, YouTube are not real. But then we see people coming from YouTube that are making, that are, you know, getting Emmys and things like that. So right. I think it's very disheartening to, um, like, criticize somebody else's beginnings because maybe you took a different avenue and these people are working with no budget they're working with nobody putting money in for them they're working off their own investment dollars they're working off of their own nine to five jobs creating lanes for themselves and they don't have any big production studio behind them backing them so really they are real like they these are real people (laughs) and they're also giving other people hope you know what i'm saying they're giving people hope um aside I saw a picture video something of a lady who has three kids and she moved from one state to another to pursue her influencer life and then they said she ran out of money within like a couple like a month that just wasn't smart Um, and and we all know that there are things that we do with sacrifices and, you know, people are, you know, I was homeless, this, that, and the third. But we have to be logical about these things. And we have to move with some sense of um, discernment. <laughs> like, anybody who knows or you follow anybody else's story on uh, being an influencer or a creator, nobody has got on the platform and said this shit was easy. A lot no. of people who you see now that are making the numbers, that are making the money, they have been doing this shit for years. You can They've look been at on it. Other platforms five, yeah, <laughs> five, ten Divine. years. You know, even um, 
Katie. Uh, what's Katie's last name? I cannot think of her last name. But she used to do the little videos talking about uh, doing interviews. Um, she used to do videos a oh. long time ago. Uh, I think her name back then was like Katie Got Bands or something like that. Yeah. Like back then, years ago. And now she's just now getting to the point. And, and might I say, if you follow Katie, Katie is so fucking smart. Like she's so smart. Like she has videos where she breaks down the different personalities of the countries or the, the continents. Right. She's breaking down the different mental illnesses. Like she breaks down a lot of stuff and it's so funny and it's so relatable, but she's very fucking smart. And I'm now seeing that she is starting to, um, you know, get recognized as an influencer and she's starting to like make real things happen. So people be doing this stuff for a very long time. Right. And, and one thing about it is they own their work. They own their work. If Which, they want to screw up all of their stuff, all of their videos, all that stuff, that's their stuff. And they can use it. Nobody owns that. Fox doesn't own it. You know, uh, Warner Brothers doesn't own it. Disney doesn't own it. They own their own stuff. And if they want to take that stuff and, and reuse it and repurpose it for something else, they can and make way more money off of it. So, yeah, people be hating a little bit. I think everything you said hits the uh, nail right on the head. And when you look at the actor strike they had recently, I didn't see nobody from independent films out there. Um, even when you look back and you talk about Kevin Hart, who just getting hip to certain things, I ain't gonna say just getting hip, but had to get hip to certain things in the business about owning content, especially when you it's a uh, it's a one man comedy show. Like, well, this is my shit, and I had to go buy it back from E One. And you have Dave Chappelle talking about don't oh, support. Man. Don't support this because I didn't even know they were licensing my shit over there. You have you can't be in that position and still be fucking arrogant, is what I'm trying to say. Like you can't be like, uh, please help me get my shit back from the from the motherfuckers, but then like, don't support that too. Shit, that ain't real. That's that's that bullshit. <laughs> like they trying to a smart motherfucker would say, these motherfuckers own something I wish I knew about coming up. I wish I knew, uh, you know, I wish I knew. To, to not sign certain deals for comedy specials. so Creating their own lane. Own, yeah. <laughs> ownership and their own right, making their own decisions, using their own money, making their own budgets, taking that money and flipping it into a bigger production, into yeah. a bigger production, you know, investing it however they want to do it. We got black people who are successful and they are making legal, legit money, doing things that you saw other people doing and never imagined in your life that you would be able to be doing. So I, I just can't even yeah. stress that enough. Like people are doing it, you know, even when it comes to the independent films, I hear people may have fallen out about negotiations like uh, Kiva. And I think his name James had, a, it was a, it was an issue about negotiation, but it wasn't like, I'm undervalued or they they tried to play me. Like, come on now. Like, would people, you... It's so messy, though. It's so messy. Things will, you know, get spiral out of control. And then I still see that um, I think that they still have great love and admiration for each other. I think that outside influences will create chatter mm -hmm. where there's none. But that's just a part of the game. Like, they, they felt like they deserved a certain rate. Or this wasn't, you know, that they should have been getting a certain rate. They said, hey, um, 
let's go back to the drawing board. It's not what I want. Right. The the director creator said, "Hey, I'm I can't give you that. I'm just gonna go ahead and pass and rescind my offer and find another way to do this." And that's what they did. No harm, no fun. But yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. If if that could be done at this independent level, why is your grown six film four TV show as still crying about what you not getting what you deserve? Walk the fuck away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. they're doing it at this level, you know what I'm saying. Why you can't do it at your level with with a quote unquote bigger back, you know, with a bigger negotiation team and all that. So that's all I was just trying to say. Like people who are in in those quote unquote Hollywood positions should definitely not be throwing stones at the guys who are doing these independent projects and actually seeing great revenue and opening up other opportunities for them. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, this was a good show. It was. Interesting. Everybody go check out the Live More Man, uh, currently streaming on Tubi, featuring or starring Elizabeth Fox and Christopher Collins. Uh, Special guest uh, (laughs) featuring Ceno Harris and uh, Sierra uh, Angelia playing a different role. We never seen her play before. Kind of funny, kind of annoying, but we see her doing something different in this film also. So check it out. So there's no love for Thomas Harris, huh? Just I'd be forgetting his name. I'm sorry, Thomas, Thomas Harris. Harris. <laughs> uh, one of the stars <laughs> the of the star. movie, the star of the movie, the last dead the... nigga on the movie. <laughs> right, him and Thomas. Thomas is the star. Him and Elizabeth are the stars of the film. Listen, Everybody yeah, he else probably, is cast. Wrote, write and directed, uh, producing the film, and I just cut him all the way out. My bad, Thomas. No love lost. If you ever want to stop by Black Media Podcast and uh, interview with us, we'd love to have you. Sorry about yeah. that. And this, I'm going to tell y'all right now, uh, hour 19, they got this shit done. So when I see it didn't take three hours. Right. It wasn't no, it wasn't no three hours. And part two, we still looking crazy. Like they wrapped that shit up. They got in and got out. I can already tell that they was on budget with the bullshit. They they filmed this shit like a Tyler Perry film. A Tyler with, Perry uh with great quality. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Perry, uh uh, you know, Tyler Perry will film a whole fucking season in three days. So they they got it in and got out of there. So yeah. Yes. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, so we'll catch everyone next time. My name is Ben, and who I have with me? It's your girl, Betty, y'all. Peace. I'm out. Peace.